Welcome to the Weekly Dose of Euphoria podcast. This is Matt Zapala, your host and creator of Euphoria Health and Active Living, your go-to hub for all information on movement, sustainability, and plant-based nutrition. My main goal is to generate happiness, and I couldn't think of a more fitting word to represent my brand than Euphoria. Join me as I dive into raw conversation with qualified professionals, athletes, influential individuals, and many more. It's time now to introduce this week's special guest. This week on the Weekly Dose of Euphoria podcast, I was fortunate enough to sit down with my therapist and my good friend, Jean Daniel Finter, or more commonly known as JD. JD is the owner and operator of Dynamic Therapy, a small clinic in the western suburbs of Melbourne. I love everything JD is doing here at Dynamic Therapy. He places a huge emphasis on movement and how important it is for overall well-being. In this episode, we dive right into myotherapy, explaining what it is and the common treatment methods used. JD also answers some commonly asked questions, such as how long should I hold a stretch for and the benefits of warming up and cooling down. This episode is an absolute cracker, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. JD, how are you, mate? Good, mate. Yourself? Good, thank you. Awesome to have you on board. Um, so tell us a little bit about your background, JD, um, your qualifications, and what you're doing here with Dynamic Therapy. Yeah, so pretty much uh, jumped into uni just doing a certificate in massage therapy. So it was a lot of relaxation, a lot of sports massage sort of stuff. And um, it was just sort of an introduction to see if I actually wanted to go down the path of doing myo um yeah halfway through i'm like yeah this is it i'm doing it that's for so you, i yeah. was stoked yeah like it's you get to work with cool people cool people came in as well like you get like coaches coming in you get actual physios that work for you know bulldogs essen all that sort of stuff so that was a bit of a unrealistic sort of thing that you think about oh imagine working for them when you're older and all that sort of stuff so yeah it was good um fell in love straight away man awesome. as soon as i finished the certificate pretty much applied straight away for the diploma okay um, yeah, I did the diploma. The diploma was good. It was more so like treating actual, you know, headaches. Yeah. Or treating like tendonitis in the forearm or whatever it may be. More in-depth sort yeah, of Yeah, definitely more in-depth. And then I actually finished that, which that was a year course on top. And then I jumped into my, so advanced diploma of myotherapy. And that's when it was like full on. Nice. That was the real sort of stuff, you know, like working with people that have had, you know, injuries, people that have like spinal fusions, um, tension headaches, yeah. all the stuff. Like vertigo, all the things that you think we can't treat, we can probably treat really well. I guess all the things that people commonly use to fix, like with Panadol or Nurofen, you can yeah, actually treat those. Yeah, which is like another issue completely, like how much that's getting Definitely. pumped out lately. It's stupid. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, tell us a little bit about dynamic therapy and what you're doing here. Yeah, cool. So I pretty much started dynamic therapy about a year and a half ago. So it was when I was doing remedial. Like, you know, I want to open something. I want it to be different. I want to incorporate everything, you know my therapy a bit of stretching you know get a bit of everything and just put into one big project really um yeah open that up and then as soon as i finished my my therapy i started looking straight away and then i got this place out here in taylor's lakes and nice. just jumped straight into it and didn't have any breaks so yeah that's crazy so and where did you um do your qualification and what was the actual certificate called so I did my certificate in massage therapy practice yep. at Victoria Uni. Cool. And then I did my diploma of remedial massage at Victoria Uni. And then I actually transferred over into RMIT and I did my advanced diploma of my therapy there. To complete there. Yeah. And what was the duration of the course? So all, all up together. it was two years. Yep. Um, I believe it's changed now. So it was pretty much 
certificate was six months the diploma was a year which is pretty much the thing you need that's like the main that's where everything gets learnt yep. and then the my therapy was just like an extra six months on top which was just fine tuning everything um, now I'm pretty sure it goes uh, I think you can jump straight to the diploma I've heard and then the actual advanced diploma has gone to a year so it's pretty much the same amount of time just to just sort of spread research. it out yeah cool awesome um, what is my therapy I know there's a bit of confusion about like my therapy chiropractor physio and a lot of people don't know the difference between them yep. so what is my therapy and why does that stand out from the rest um, pretty much my therapy is a soft tissue approach to treating pain and dysfunction within the body so we don't um, a lot of people think that you come in and you probably get just stretching done and um, I know of a lot of other professions that have had that I've had family that have gone to you know I'm not going to name professions but they've gone there and they've said yeah cool you know try this stretch out put a heat back here have a Panadol you'll feel great which is sort of the wrong type of advice if you want to put it that way like they're not taught that in their course they're not taught that as like an ethical way to treat people anyway so um, a lot of people do these quick fixes which I'm not a big fan of like you've been in for treatment as well and I'm not like you'll see, man, I'll work from your, you from your foot to your neck and just to treat something in your hip. Yeah. And um, pretty much my therapy is massage-based, so we're very hands-on. Um, debatable if we're the most hands-on, but we're pretty high up there. Um, physio is more of a movement-based uh, treatment style. So pretty much, for example, if you've had like a broken leg, you know, they'll sort of rehab you and starting to move your hips around, they'll start moving your knees around, they'll show you different stretches, movements to help with that. Um, they do a lot, um, they're also split up too, so they do like a bit of neuro stuff, so it's things to do with the brain and the spine, there's yep. more rehab based and there's more like elderly care based. Okay. So it depends which area you go into, but generally physio is more so movement. Uh, Cairo is more so spine based, so they'll say, they'll pretty much show you like how your your vertebrae and your thoracic spine will lead to your shoulder pain. And that's sort of their concept of how they work as well and how the spine can lead into everything else. So your nervous system, how your muscles yep. react to it. Uh, and osteo does a, I'd say a bit of everything. They're a bit more of a holistic approach as well. Like they'll look at things like your diet, your water intake, um, how you're sleeping, what your stress levels like. Lifestyle factors. More, more how lifestyle factors yep. can incorporate into your soft tissue injuries, which sounds crazy like oh how can my stress lead me to my you know my tight lower back or tight upper neck which is something that yeah. a lot of people don't really Make understand but it's very very too, common yeah. yeah for sure and then the way that i treat those well is i've sort of mixed all of them into one like don't get me wrong i'm not allowed to crack and i don't crack people and i don't do any of those manipulations but i've been shadowing an osteo for a long time um i've seen a, i've been working with the physio for a while as well and I know of a car that has seen my mum, so I've sort of tweaked and you know been picking their brain and asking heaps of questions. So I've sort of incorporated every type of um, treatment type into one, which yeah. is sort of why dynamic therapy is called dynamic therapy. Yeah, I, love I want it. it to be a bit of everything. I don't want you to come in just you know, I don't want to just needle you when you come in. I want to treat you. I want to give you stretches. I want to train your glutes, for example, needle your calf, and do all of it in once. Get you walking out better rather yeah. than you come in. We do cupping and it's like, oh, let's see what happens by next week. I'll sort of see what happens, what works and what doesn't by the second treatment. In the practice, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's sort great. of the best way to go about it. I find anyways. I guess um, only a textbook can only teach you so much. So you've gone out and you've actually sourced your own education and um, the hands-on approach, which is great. So 
definitely uh, cut above the rest. Uh, you mentioned before you would do some cupping and dry needling. What's what are they? What, yeah, what are yeah, cool. So um, dry needling, people think acupuncture. It's actually not the same thing. It's far from the same thing. And um, pretty much acupuncture is based on older times where you've got acupressure points that can lead to issues around the body. Yep. For example, there's the um, there's a point within between your thumb and your index finger which can relieve stress. So they'll put a needle in there to relieve the stress. Um, dry needling is actually a bit different where if you've got thumb pain, we're going to needle the muscle in your thumb that could be referring your pain. Okay. So it's a bit different. Like you can search them up as well. You sort of see lots of different other examples on how they're different. Yep. But Definitely not something to say, oh yeah, you do acupuncture. No, not really. Yeah. So it's more, dry needling is more of a targeted release. Yep, yep. So, so we hit trigger points with the knots in that area. Yep, And awesome. then sort of release that, release the muscle, movement's better. Great. And how about <clears throat> cupping? Oh, cupping's awesome, man. Like I've had it done, it's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's two different types of cupping. We use the plastic suction cups or yep. we use the flame cups. Okay. Flame cups, everyone thinks they hurt and they're big because they're on fire, but they're not. Um, the fire's <laughs> only there just to drain out the oxygen to create suction. But um, yeah, they're crazy good. For people that have stress, it's awesome. For people that are really compressed, so a lot of people have compressed lower backs from either training too much or even sitting too much, Yeah, uh, that can actually lead to heaps of issues. So getting that cupping done, it's pain-free. It just decompresses the area. It feels relaxing and you can sort of chill out. And then if your nervous system's relaxed, if you're relaxed, your whole body will feel good anyways. For sure. Um, it also affects your lymphatic system a lot too. So pretty much it helps with your immune response, it helps with your immunity. So if you're sick, cupping's great as well because it actually sort of puts your body into a bit of an overdrive for that day and you can actually get rid of the sickness. Nice, so, that's yeah. awesome. And um, would you cup and dry needle anywhere on the body that you wouldn't massage or oh, is look, it personal preference? Ah, uh, there's certain spots you would um, not do any of them and there's certain spots you would. Like for example, we are taught, you know, don't needle in this area because of the certain structures that we've got to be careful of, like your arteries, your nerves, things like that. Yep. Um, place that I find that's great for cupping is actually their whole back. Okay. Um, it's a really, everyone's got upper shoulder pain because of their posture and they've got lower back pain because of work and this and that. So it's great there because it's a relaxing thing, it's not painful. Um, I like to needle, everyone's scared of dry needling, they think it hurts really bad and it's scary because it's a huge needle. You've seen a needle, they're <laughs> yeah. tiny, man. Like they're very, very, they're hairline thin. Um, a lot of times I like to put them in uh, probably your forearms, your upper traps and your calves because those are the spots that no one likes to get touched a lot. So it's a good sort of place to put a needle, let it chill there for a couple of minutes. They can breathe, they relax, they, you can do breathing techniques with them and then you know within three minutes they feel no more pain and you take it out and the job's almost done. As opposed to massage when it's that direct pressure. Yes, yeah, so a lot of the times out. people, um, like you can go to anyone and just grab their upper trap, just try pinch them somewhere and you'll see that they'll jump when you work on that spot. Um, if I massage someone and they're sort of twitching and jumping and they're trying to fight off, yep. like fight me off, uh, a lot of the times that's their body saying or telling me to piss off because it's not, they can't really take it. So you can actually make it worse. I have had people in the past work out worse and it's a learning curve for like me and the client that you know that's probably not the right pressure to use or not the right modality. So we'll tape it, we'll cup it, we'll needle that area, just whatever. I can do to make the client as most comfortable as I can. That's yeah. what I'm going to do. So, you know, more pain isn't always good pain, which a lot of people sort of think, ah, rip into it. it you know, yeah, if definitely. it hurts, it's going to work. Not always. A lot of times it's your body telling you to back off. Um, leading into the next question, I know I've been treated by you and you've done a lot of movement-based rehab. Why is that better than the standard traditional like rest method where 
doctors have told you to sit down and relax and you know let it heal itself why yep. is movement based rehab better um we're designed to move our bodies are designed to move our do- like we're designed to push ourselves a little bit you know we're built to run built to walk we're not built to sit down we're not built to rest we're not built to sit at a computer for eight hours a day um movement is movement is medicine as soon as you move your endorphins go stupid crazy you know they flow out of your brain you feel awesome um say for example you hurt your ankle yeah um there's a lot of little muscles in your ankle and in your lower leg like your calf that stabilize the rest of your body um if you rest so say you've sprained your ankle if you rest for three weeks four weeks you don't do much walking you don't do much stability work anything like that or even treatment on yourself your nervous system will recognize that it'll say okay we've been like this for two three weeks now we're going to stay like this for another three months and that actually leads up to more issues in the future you know um having something stiff means the muscles are stiff and if not they switch off yeah which you wouldn't say off but they sort of don't work as much as they should um especially for say if you've hurt your ankle you actually lose that dorsiflexion or that ability to you know drive your knee over your toes yeah sure and um the thing is if you can't do that straight away your back's taking a toll um also you know when you're actually moving blood flow is pumping in and out of those muscles you've got fluid within your joints that actually need movement to warm up and become more loose great point so a lot of people are scared to like move their shoulder because it's stiff yeah moving it to what you can is actually way better than not moving it you know you're supposed to lift heavy things like you see those stupid memes they're like you know one um one trip from the car yeah. to the house yeah. <laughs> with the groceries um, yeah you should be able to lift things over your head with no pain you yeah. should be able to squat with no pain pretty deep you should not feel knee pain and these are a lot of things that are happening more often like you're feeling pain in these weird spots because we sit for so much we don't move enough yeah i think it's important to um also recognize that if you've for example hurt your shoulder or your knee don't go out and move it without that professional guidance um that's why jd's done the done the studies so go see him before you just try and move your arm because you could end up doing more damage yeah no definitely um why is prehab so warming up or mobilization just as important as rehab so stretching and rolling after the session Yep, so I tell a lot of my clients that come in with like, you know, calf tightness, for example, and I'll tell them like, you know, you should start stretching this every time you, you know, play footy. You know, just stretch it a couple minutes before, not even a couple minutes, do a couple laps of the oval and do light stretches in between. Um, at the end of the day, from, I have a lot of clients that have uh, financial issues, which is normal within every industry. You know, you go to a physio, you might pay 80 bucks in this area. You go in another area, you might pay 110. Yeah. And I say this most commonly where, People are like, oh yeah, you know, I'll just come get treatment, come get treatment. The thing is, if you're not being proactive about it and doing your own prehab work, when you do get injured, you'll be having to see someone maybe eight sessions, eight to 10 sessions, say it's 50 bucks a pop, you're, you know, you've got $400 just there. Yeah. Well, if you do your own little prehab work, like do a stretch every, every day, like for two minutes, it doesn't kill you. Like you stand in front of your laptop and you sit down for ages you look at the tv for ages you're on your phone for ages it doesn't take long to do a bit of work and at the end of the day you don't want to be injured i treat a lot of athletes as well i've treated you too and i've told you you know start doing this stretch like start smashing it because the fact is you know if you don't do it you're going to get injured you're going to have time off training time off work even which is so it's just prehab is just as important as stretching after the session 100 percent a lot of the times I'll tell my clients, you know, if you're training in the gym, but if you're training an hour a day, five days, you know, a week, within a month, you've got what, 20 hours of training? You know, combine that with sitting down at your desk for six hours a day. It's, you've got almost 100 hours of 
sitting down yeah. and then smashing your body at the gym straight after. You getting treatment done or getting some prehab done, like foam rolling or stretching, is going to sort of keep you injury free and keep you feeling good, moving good. Gets your body out of that sedentary state. Again, leading into our next question, how important is stretching after a session? And I know it's quite quite common for me. I see all the time people go down and touch their toes for three minutes or uh, 30 seconds, sorry, and then yep. stretch up in the air and, and then they walk out, they're done. What What's like a good time frame for you to hold a stretch for and how important is that? Look, it does depend on everyone. Um, usually pre, um, pre-training or any type of movement you sort of want to keep your stretches to a minimal um more so before any sort of physical activity you want to start moving a lot more so for example if you're going to go do um a boot camp with you um you'd start doing things like uh, windmills with your arm you'd start doing actual like light lunges like light bodyweight squats um you know hammy swings things like that which is sort of like that dynamic stretching dynamic movement which is what you want to do before after it can be a bit more different um Say you've done you know, a 45 minute session with you at the boot camp, you're pretty taxed, your legs are full with blood, your arms are heavy, they're feeling a bit, you know, just they don't feel good at all. And that's just that build up of that lactic acid. So you stretching will actually get that muscle from a shortened position to a lengthened position. So a lot of people actually, as you said, they sort of do a quick little stretch after training. And if, you know, if you're with them for six months, you'll see their posture go to shit really quick. Yep. And that's just how it is. They'll need, you know, they'll start getting knee pain, they can't touch their toes anymore. Um, after training, you you got to understand that your muscles contract, relax, contract, relax constantly for that whole session. Um, more times than you know less, you'll pretty much leave the session tight. That tightness will lead into your next day. So if you're doing a boot camp the next day, you're tight for starters. So your your ability to train at 100 percent has gone down to about 80 yep. percent. Your risk of injury has gone up 20 percent. And you will not put in that class. And eventually, you know, six sessions down the line, you'll have knee pain, you'll have an injury, you'll tear your quad, whatever it may be. So you Due stretching the build for... up of the acid. Oh yeah, 100%. That lactic yeah. acid build up is horrible. It yeah. is. It's, it's the worst feeling. You get that burning sensation. You feel heavy. heavy it's not legs, fun. Yeah. But actually stretching will sort of lengthen that muscle and will flush that blood out. It will flush the lactic acid in and out. So eventually, you know, your body will actually get rid of that acid by stretching. Um, stretching can be held, you know, as well from... A minute, you know, for example, a hammy stretch can be held for 30 seconds to a minute. I wouldn't go too long because it can get irritated, but I wouldn't go as far as five seconds. Personally, I like doing reps, Yeah. you know, for like a hammy stretch. Again, sh- leading into that movement base. Really yeah, so you, you, you want to move, like moving is the best thing. Yeah. Like, but back to the stretching, I like to do reps. So for example, a hamstring stretch, I like to do a five second hold and then get out of the stretch. And I like to do that about 15 times. Okay, cool. Which I find is a bit more different for me, helps me a bit more. Yeah. Um, I stand a lot throughout the day, so me sitting in a stretch doesn't always feel good, sort of takes a toll later on. Um, with the stretching, I'd say everyone to experiment. At the end of your training, you might need to just sit in a squat position or you know, do some, do like some of the dynamic stretching that you did at the start, and that might be all for you. But for someone that's a bit more, uh, I wouldn't say lazy, but doesn't move as much throughout their day, yeah. um, they probably need to sit in that stretch for a bit longer to actually feel that stretch. So it's really individualized. It is. It is always. I guess that's where, like, I come in. People like you come in. Yep. Um, to guide them through after the session. Yeah. When stretching. Don't get me wrong. Google is great. Not always good, but you can go online and search up the different effects of, you know, how to stretch, what to stretch. There are heaps of things on stretching, and lately it's becoming a lot more um, dominant within like the industry. Every industry, stretching is king. Moving is king. 
Obviously, you've been practicing for quite a while now. What's the most common problem you see and how can we avoid it? Yeah, well, this will actually lead into your last question a lot as well. Um, the most common thing I'm seeing lately is knee pain, hip pain, lower back pain, sciatica, and then sort of upper shoulders and headaches. And funny enough, that's all coming from one thing. That's all linked together. Yep. So a lot of times I get people with sciatica and they'll have calf pain, they'll have lower back pain, their hips will feel tight, their upper back feels horrible because of their posture when they're looking at the computer desk. Yep. And then they'll get a tension headache from that and then it's just all coming from one little thing which is sitting a lot. And yeah, probably the most common thing would be that, you know, from headaches to lower back pain, hip pain to a sciatica really, that sort of upper body symptoms more so. Yep. Lately there's not a lot with, to do with the ankle and calf. Um, that's more so if someone's active as well as doing a lot of sitting down at work and that'll sort of come into play as well. Cool. So um, most of these comments are due to like our sedentary lifestyles. Oh, 100% man. Awesome. Like I'll have, I ask a lot of questions on work when my clients come in in the initial consult and um, you know, it, they're sort of scared to think about how much they sit down. Like I ask them, like, how many hours do you sit a day? And they sort of look at me and they get all embarrassed and almost shocked and they're sort of denial. Yeah. And you know, they'll be like sitting for eight hours a day and I'm like, you know, how many times are you moving? And I'll sort of say, oh yeah, I go to lunch and then I sit down there. I'm like, all right, so that's half an hour you're sitting down still, so you're not really moving, you're just walking there. It's like the park, whatever it is. And then I'm like, all right, how many times do you go to the toilet, for example? Like, oh, two or three times. You know, that's a that's a 15 minute, 15 meter walk, sorry, which takes 30 seconds, you know? So all up, if you go on three times, it's a minute and a half of walking. Plus their walk to the park is maybe five minutes within that eight hours, right? Six minutes, yeah. Like, you know, if you're sitting down for eight hours a day, and you're walking for five minutes a day, you've got huge issues going on. Oh, and I tell a lot of my clients, um, I actually get them, I actually sort of annoy them with this statement. I'll be like, all right, for every hour that you're at your desk, you walk for 15 minutes. And they think that it's crazy how much that is. Um, I've had a couple of clients that have come back and they're like, holy shit, this is crazy good. Like I do feel a lot more um, aware of my body. I don't have pain. I can work a bit more. You know, some places I understand that you can't actually get off your get off the chair and go for a walk for 15 minutes. Um, if you can't, I'd say, you know, every 15 minutes set a timer on your laptop, on your phone, on your watch, you know, we've got devices everywhere, so use them. Yep. Set a timer on your watch every 15 minutes, have two sips of water, go to the toilet, walk back. I don't care if you go to the toilet and just walk straight back, you don't actually have to do anything, you know. Go yep. blow your nose, I don't care what it is. Just but moving. Yeah, like a lot of times, like, you know, doing every 15 minutes, going for a minute walk, you know, that's four minutes an hour. Okay. You know times up by six you know you're walking for almost half an hour a day yeah just from little bits and pieces so yeah start small work big I love but that. generally it's usually like you know i'd say 30 minutes go for a 30 minute walk after work before work yeah if you can um you know you've done um one of the challenges on euphoria today was it the 15 minute walk yes that was today actually yeah yeah and you know it's funny no one's gonna probably do it or little to none which is sort of disappointing but the people that are with that small majority, that 10%, are gonna say that was crazy. Like it actually felt good. You just we're just sort of trying to change the industries from, you know, coming in, getting a quick massage, going home and sitting down. Like that's that's just two no's straight away. I think away. it's taken a long time for us to realise that there is no such thing as a quick fix. Oh definitely. It's, so, it's taken us probably too long. Yeah. Like a lot of my clients are coming like, oh yeah, just like one session today. I'm like, I'm like, we'll do an initial follow-up, don't get me wrong, a week follow-up, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. And then they'll sort of see that it doesn't really take that long 
I love what you're doing there with the sustainability, much yeah. like me, trying to promote sustainability through everything we're doing. It doesn't just lead into like fitness or rehab. It's a whole lifestyle perspective. I yeah, 100%. We touched on before, majority of our society lead a predominantly sedentary life. So sitting down, we get up, we drive to work, we sit at a desk for eight hours, we drive home, and then we sit on the couch and watch TV. Um, this is causing major problems such as like tightness through the hips and inactivity through the glutes. For the listeners, what are your tips on releasing the hips and activating your glutes? Yeah, so one of the main things is, um, this is you can actually Google. <laughs> this is when I give permission to Google. <laughs> but always Google with caution. Like, if you're having pain that does not feel normal, it's probably not normal. Um, then again, if you do any stretch and you feel pain, it's not for you. It's as simple as that. You pushing through that pain, your nervous system again will tighten up, you'll be restricted, you can't move it, and then you're just going through a big cycle again. So with a lot of the stretches, I would say, um, search up hip flexor stretches online for Google, on Google, sorry. And um, those will be a good start. Um, to do with the glutes, it does depend. Um, people just think, oh, your glutes just one big muscle. There's lots of different types. There's, you know, there's the lateral stabilizers, you've got the glute max at the back, you've got little muscles as well. Definitely. Um, generally what I'd start doing is actually just like sort of little hip thrusts off the floor. You know, put your knees up as if you're in a sit-up position, just push your hips to the roof yep. you can try that then again you don't want to feel pain on that either um, I'd start doing those simple things um, yeah quad stretches hip flexor stretches some lower backs like side to side stretches um, even foam rolling is great for that too awesome. so pre-stretching do some foam rolling um, then again walk walking movement <laughs> like you know when you walk you lengthen your hip flexors which get tight when you sit down when you walk your hip extends so your glute has to work and if, if I were someone that sat at a desk for eight hours a day, I'd go for a half an hour walk every day. After. I know, I couldn't do it. That's why me and you are in our Yeah, yeah, definitely. I can't, like, now I'm struggling to sit and I'm fidgety as. I know. So yeah, definitely, like, I'd look at hip flexor stretching, um, groin stretching. A lot of people don't think about their groin a lot. Okay. But just, like, side to side, like, lunging. Yep. Um, yeah, doing some hip thrusts off the floor and just walking, keep moving. Great. But then again, you know, if you're not doing any activity, you're sort of already in a horrible cycle. Um, activity doesn't mean you have to go and do marathon runs and sprinting and going to the gym and lifting huge weights. Yeah, it can mean walking. You know, take your dog for a walk, go with your partner. You know, go even on a walk and listen to an audio book, which I know a lot of my clients do. Just get moving. Just movement. It sounds sounds so simple. That's why people probably don't do it. People think, oh yeah, got to go to the doctors. They got to make it serious. You know, explain go to the doctor. Got to get a prescription. Got to go to the chemist. Get that. And like, oh yeah, I'm on these medications. And they sort of act like it's a huge thing. Whereas move walk yeah go couldn't talk to someone more. about it go get assessed just I could not agree more yeah um so for people that are working in a office job and they can't get up all the time to go moving another one that i um i put into practice when i was working in office was standing up at my desk i know that obviously lengthens through the hips and yep. um allows the smaller muscles to activate so yeah standing up at work would be a good one yeah definitely um, depends with the work as well like i have some clients that actually like sounds weird but their work doesn't let them sort of stand up and move yep. around a lot which i think is crazy but a lot of other places they're a lot more uh, conscious about this yep. and they've got you know their work safety will come in and they'll have stand-up desks so if your workplace does have a stand-up desk you're laughing you know stand up for five minutes and go back down lower the table and sit down for the another 10 minutes and keep you know vice versa go back and forth um if not you can actually a lot of places you can actually ask your boss about stand-up desk um a lot of people sort of scared to confront their boss about it yeah. um they get it's it goes through the business anyways and a lot of the places actually 
have the incentive to do that. A lot of the corporate businesses. Yeah. So you can actually get it pretty easily. Awesome. Um, even if not, if you sort of want to get your own desk, you can go to Office. I think it's like 150 bucks, and you've got the whole stand-up desk. So great, definitely a great investment. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Especially if you're doing like an office job, and if you have been doing it for a long time, and you're gonna do it for you know another five, ten years. Yeah, get into it. Awesome. Another tip I used to use when I was working in the office was every half an hour get up and do ten squats um throughout the day. That adds up to a lot of squats, and you're just again preaching that movement sort of thing. Um, lucky last question, JD. We hear foam rolling all the time and we see people rolling on the foam roller. What are the benefits of foam roller and where can we get good foam rollers from? Yeah, cool. So there's a lot of studies coming out on foam rollers right now, so it's a bit of a it's a bit of a funny topic. Um, a lot of it is um, for example, if you are very tight, foam rollers are great. Um, they're great also to affect your nervous system in a way so that you feel safe. Um, foam rollers are good for if you've got DOMS, for example, from training, so delayed onset muscle soreness, you know, you train legs yesterday, they feel a bit sore, foam rolling will help, you know, it will help promote that blood flow, loosen up the muscle a little bit, but a lot of the time it's a nervous system fix as well. So, it, you know, you foam roll one hamstring and the other hamstring will release as well. Um, it is a bit of a mental thing, um, not saying that it's a bad thing. So foam rollers are great, they're a great tool, they're not the bee's knees, they're not the only thing that's gonna help you, it's a great tool to use in your toolbox, really. Yeah. And it's um, that self-massage, isn't it? Yeah, it's just self, you know, self-care. You know, walk, foam roll a bit, do some stretches, drink some water, eat well, you know, sleep well. Sleeping is another huge thing. Um, but that said, with foam rollers, you know, you can go to Rebel Sport. I'm pretty sure you can buy. They're pretty expensive. Yep. You can. They really go up. You know, they're hollow as well through the middle, so they're a bit more stronger. Um, I would only recommend that for someone who's been foam rolling for a long time and then they can't feel any benefit from the other foam roll, the softer ones. Yep. But you can get the full foam ones online, like they cost anywhere from 20 bucks to 80 bucks, depending on the size of it, how thick they are, how long they are. Great. It's sort of, yeah. So eBay and Rebel Sport would be? Yeah, eBay and Amazon are the the ways to go, yeah, definitely. Great, man. Um, JD, I love what you're doing here at Dynamic Therapy. I know uh, a lot of my listeners will be too. Um, Where's a platform that we can reach you, like your Instagram, website? We're also doing uh, free assessments now at Dynamic Therapy. So if you've got knee pain or any types of pain, headaches, or you want me to have a look at even some of your form, uh, you can actually book online. So you can go on my website at dynamictherapy.com.au or find me on Instagram and speak to me there at dynamic.therapy. It's a free 15-minute consult. We can go through everything and I can sort of show you what my treatment plan would be and how I can help. And if you're keen, we can go forward from there. And those avenues will be in the show notes as well, guys. Well, thanks for your time, JD. I really yep. appreciate it, mate. Awesome. No worries. Right, guys. See ya. And that's this week's dose of Euphoria. Connect with myself and the Euphoria Health community on Instagram or Facebook at Euphoria Health. Through these channels, you'll find cool workouts, plant-based recipes, and daily challenges. Until next time, guys, I'm your host, Matt Zapala, and remember, don't settle for anything less than euphoria.